Wow. Come on. Man, I just love what God is doing right now in worship. And I, it's so easy to go places and to just get lost in the heavenlies. And I want to give you permission to go places with God, encounter him afresh. Um, that's why we're here to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and his love. And uh, we're taking our place in this region. We're taking our place in the spirit. There's, there's things that God has for us to lose. We have an assignment as a house in this region. We're not here to try to be another church in this region. We're not here to try to be the largest church in this region. We're here to fulfill our assignment and take our place in this region. And we are doing that in Jesus' name. And we're going to occupy every inch of ground that God has given us as a church to occupy. And that's happening as we're worshiping and we're encountering the Lord and we're releasing the prophetic word that God has over our region. I was just in uh, doing the foundation class and uh, another family, great looking family back here. Joe, you guys, great to have y'all. And uh, they found us online though. He Googled prophetic church near me. <laughs> Funny how that works. So we're glad you guys are here. Whatever it takes, however the Lord is bringing people all the different things he's going to use, and he's going to get people here. And people are going to be moving here just to come to this church. God's done it throughout our entire history, and it's going to continue to happen. We have been in the book of Ephesians. What an amazing book it is. I want to encourage you to read Ephesians, uh, to get in there, and uh, just uh, the only language I can find right now is just to, to get high on the word of the Lord. <laughs> I mean, Ephesians is such an amazing book. You know, I was just so like, I've been just praying like, God, which part of Ephesians do you want me to preach? You know, I was like, oh Lord, I want to preach from chapter one, you know, that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing and we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then Wesley took chapter two next week and it's going to be amazing. And how we are God's masterpiece, and I don't know even exactly which part of it you're going to share, but you're created for good works, and, and how there's one new man, and how God is building a, a holy temple, a habitation in the spirit. And then Ephesians chapter 3 talks about the revelation of love, and how as you encounter more of the Father's love, that you can actually be filled with more of Him. And that He's come to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could even ever ask or think. And so the first three chapters are all about what we've been given and, and who we are now. Before he even says, like, okay, now do this, he says, no, you got to know who you are first. And you got to know what you've been given. And when you know who you are and you know what you've been given, then you can walk this way. And so this week I was praying and I, and I was just asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what, 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 what do you want me to preach on? And, and I heard the phrase, greater grace, which actually, actually isn't in Ephesians. But I want to touch on where I'm headed through Ephesians, and then I'm going to launch off into some other things. And uh, so in chapter 4, he begins to tell us how to walk out who we are. Because you are amazing, you are God's masterpiece, you're his poema. He's looking at you going, 
I made him. I made that Brendan guy right there. And he's awesome. And he's looking over your life like, hey, that's my masterpiece. And so then he says, okay, here's how we're going to live it. I, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. And that's what he's been telling us. Like, you, you are called. God has, has predestined you as a son and a daughter. He's chosen you. He didn't just take away your sins. He made you a whole new creation. And so you've got an amazing calling on your life. And then the first phrase he says, with all humility. Can you say humility? And that's, that's what the Lord really had me direct in. It's almost like he, it was, I'm going to hit some things that are going to take us out of Ephesians a bit today, but I want to be obedient to what the Lord said to me because I heard him so clearly say greater grace. And when he said greater grace, I was like, I, I didn't remember in the moment. You guys may know exactly where that's located in Scripture, but I didn't remember in the moment where it was, so I did a search, and greater grace is actually found in, in the book of James, greater grace. Guys, we live in a time when we need to be stepping into greater grace. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I was meeting with pastors this week, our pastor's luncheon and all of that, and everybody's talking, well, how are you going to handle this? How are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And I was just like, I just came out of it. My head was spinning. And uh, I was like, man, we need greater grace. Like, I I don't want to walk in 2019 grace in 2021. But there is, his grace is sufficient. God's not surprised by what's going on in the world right now. He's not caught off guard. He's not there scrambling trying to figure out what to do like everybody else is. He's not. And there is greater grace. And I, in a huge way in my life right now, feel the need for greater grace. And that's what I was just crying out Wednesday. I was like, I was like, God, I've, I've got to have more grace. And I ended up having just a, a worship encounter with the Lord on a, on a day that had been really hard. And James is where actually this phrase is located. But he gives a, can we say it together? A greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to who? To the humble. So humility is a key to stepping into this greater grace. And so this morning, I just felt like God wants us to look at walking in humility. What, what does it look like for, he, for you and Hugh <laughs> to, walk, to walk in humility? <laughs> All right, let's see how many words I can invent today. What is grace? Grace is the empowering presence of God enabling you to be who he's called you to be and to do what he's called you to do. Grace is amazing. And you are called to overflow with the grace of God. There's even places in Scripture where it talks about grace and peace being multiplied to you. And when the Bible has the word grace, you know, you could t I used to think that, well, that's just a nice thing he kind of says as a greeting. But no, no. <laughs> It's actually subst kingdom substance that's going to enable you to go where God is taking you and to do what he's calling you to do. It's like the substance of heaven that enables you to step into these things that God is calling you into. 
So the grace of God, his empowering presence. Many times we get grace and mercy confused. And so a lot of people think grace is this, and this is not what grace is. Grace is not the kindness and compassion of God we receive when we come in our weakness and our sin. That's actually mercy. And so we need mercy. Anybody in for mercy? Absolutely. But thank God we don't just get mercy. You get grace. Mercy is God saying, yeah, I know where you've been. I forgive you. I have compassion. I lift you up. I love you just like you are. You're amazing. And he, and he pulls us up. He wipes us off and all that. But then most of us, we just think that we're on our own. But see, grace, it, grace is God saying, look, my mercy pulls you up, but my grace makes it where you don't have to live there where you were. You don't have to keep having that be a part of your life. That I give you grace, I give you my empowering presence that enables you to go forward, that enables you to overcome temptation and to live an overcoming life. So God gives grace to the humble. So whatever humility is, I want it in my life. And by the way, I just want to say what just happened in worship. One of the greatest acts of humility is when we forget about ourselves and get caught up in God. And I want to encourage you as I'm talking about humility today, like, you know, we can get caught up in our minds sometimes. Well, like, am I proud? Um, Am I thinking, am I this? Am I just worshiping because I'm trying to worship so that I can look good, so that people will think I'm spiritual or this or that? But does that ever go anywhere like to Brittany's life? It's like the most, the, the humblest. <laughs> the most humble thing you can do is to get your eyes off yourself and to get so caught up in God that you forget about you. And I have found that, that when I do that, I'm basically saying, God, I don't have it figured all out. I don't, I don't know all my motives and all this, but I just know you're a good God. And so I'm going to run into your arms. I'm going to get caught up, so caught up in you that I forget about this guy. And I don't care how I look anymore. And I believe when I do that, that if there's something in there that's not right, that he'll work on it. Is that, Yeah. Because, and by the way, you're always going to have a flesh. And the way you overcome the flesh is not by trying to cast it out. It's not by focusing on it. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, walk in the Spirit and what? And you will not fulfill the desires, the lust of the flesh. So we don't try to fix our flesh. We choose to be full of Holy Spirit. And when you're full of Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is like the electricity in a light bulb that illuminates Jesus, and he gets so bright that he's all that you can see. And you stop worrying about this person in this flesh, and you become consumed with him. So, God gives grace to the humble. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, For power is perfected in weakness. 
Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. So humility in that place of grace for us as believers is not ever in this thing of I have it all together. I have weakness. You have weakness. And God comes into that weakness. The grace of God comes in and the power of Christ dwells in us just like we are. You know, I think of the greatest act of humility. Well, Jesus coming to the earth. I mean, think about, you know, God himself choosing to come into the earth in the form of a, a, a baby, a helpless child. That's, that's incredible humility. And then the greatest act, obviously, of humility, Philippians 2 tells us, you know, the Son of God, that, that he laid down his rights and, and he laid down his life on a cross for us, the greatest act of humility that will ever be. But as I think through what Jesus did between this time, as he walked about, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, that he went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. But in John chapter 13, Jesus, the Son of God himself, and, and we don't understand, like we, don't have a, we don't have a foot washing culture as much. Like this is not something that's a part of our everyday life as much. Like, but people back then, you know, they, they, they wore sandals, their feet were dirty. Um, I mean, I think of like when, when we're in Mozambique, like we wear, we wear sandals the whole time. And we come in at the, at the end of the day and our feet are just dirty. They've been, been everywhere and they're just covered in dirt. And so... The Son of God Himself kneels down and he, he gets a bowl of water and He begins to wash feet. And it says there, during the supper, the devil already having put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray Him. Okay, so, so here's Judas who's about to betray Jesus. And Jesus knows it. And yet Jesus still takes the bowl and he washes even Judas's feet. And it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. And I just want you to see this. Like, Jesus is doing this incredible act of humility. But humility, true humility comes out of knowing who you are in God, not out of insecurity. Jesus, knowing the Father is given all, all authority and all power is mine. And he's not doubting it, right? <laughs> all power and authority is mine. And he's come forth from God. I know my destiny. I know my identity. And I know my destiny. And because I know who I am in God, in the place that, uh, that he has given me, and who he says I am, and what he says I'm going to do, because of that, I can kneel down and go really low. You see, hum true humility comes out of correct identity. 
because you're no longer worried. I don't have to look good this morning. I know someone up there is smiling at me. And so I can go really low. And I can do what the servant was supposed to do. I can go into a culture that understands this, that, oh, Jesus, you're not supposed to be doing that. Let the servant do that kind of task. But I can go low. And he can go even low enough to wash the feet of the man who is about to betray him. And I thought about that some this week. I just thought, you know, what if people I consider enemies or even people maybe that you kind of feel like, well, they're doing this or they're wrecking our country or whatever, whatever you feel, feel about them. Are you ready to lay it down and go low and wash their feet? Jesus washed Judas the betrayer, he washed his feet. I believe a church is rising up that's going to wash feet, that's going to love, that we're going to go in humility. And, and this is not what's floating around in the atmosphere, by the way, in the natural, right? <laughs> it might be a little bit different because there's that divisive, proud, arrogant Thing that's floating around, and unfortunately, a lot of it's coming from believers. And we're going to start going really low. Jesus got up from the supper, and he laid aside his garments, and he took a towel. And there he is, a painting of him washing the feet of Judas, the betrayer. I want you to imagine yourself washing the feet of the people who have offended you the most. I want, us, I want us to have our hearts ready for what's ahead. That when that moment opens up, we know who we are, we know who God is, and we know what we've been called to do. So during the supper, again, Judas already knew. I just, I just wanted to mention and honor my dad here. Um, one day we were, we were at the Astrodome. Anybody ever at the old Astrodome, you know, back in Houston? And we were watching the Astros play. And uh, I think we were on the first baseline. And a guy fouls off. And uh, anybody love baseball? Uh, and I, you know, loved baseball, played Little League, knew, knew all, the, all the players and had all the baseball cards and all that. And so that's just a little context for you. And so... Guy fouls off. We're on the first baseline. My dad, he's, he's, he's athletic, has no glove on, but reaches out, clearly catches the ball. So I'm just sitting here like, you know, I'm probably in middle school. I'm like, wow! And a lady reaches over, clasps her hands around my dad's hands, and says, I caught that ball. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, thinking, no, you did not. My dad caught that ball. My dad caught that ball. We're going to have a fight here, you know. No. My dad 
I mean, like, this just happened in a second. He didn't even seem like he had to think about it. He said, you know what? You can have that ball. Here it is. And he smiled, and he gave her the ball. (sighs) And in that moment, my dad gave to me a gift that means so much more to me than a baseball from an Astros game. Now, if it had been a Rangers game, not a no. <laughs> no. I'm so thankful for the humility that my dad walked in. I honestly, I thought back many times, and maybe just God would come on me and help me do that. I don't know if I would have done that in that situation. My dad did. And I'm so thankful for that gift. He gives greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There is greater grace. So what what are some things that humility looks like? One, humility, you never grow out of God, I really need you. God, I need you today. We never step into this place of we have it together, this place of self-sufficiency. And and it's important, you know, it says in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord said to his people, like, he said, be careful that when I bless you, you don't take all those blessings and go, I don't need God anymore. And we can take the very blessing that came from God himself, and we can say, I am blessed, and I don't need God anymore. And we've got to make sure that we never let our lives be filled up with the blessings of God, but filled with Him. And I need more of Him. And I need the people that God has placed in my life. And one of the key things of humility is that I need what you have in God. And and humility has this thing. It's like, you, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, all I need is God. And right, that's true. But you need what God has through Mary Houston. I need what God has through Marcy Fish. I need what God has through Craig and Nikki Kamali. Because God's not going to beam it all to me direct. I'm part of a body. And there's different pieces in that body. And I need the body. I'm a piece. And I'm going to take my place and be the piece that I am. But you're a piece. <laughs> Say to the person next to you, you're a piece. <laughs> you're a piece of the body. It's not a secret that I don't have it all together. And God, guys, I'm so thankful for a church where we have a culture that's not that religious, I have it all together thing. When you come here, I'm just going to let you in on a secret. We know you don't have it all together. <laughs> Not because we've been watching you, scanning you on Facebook. No, no, no. (laughs) Because we know that you're a person like us, and we're all in process. And I've found when I can say I'm weak, I have struggles, Holy Spirit actually comes into that. Like, there's some culture where you think, like, that scares God away. No, 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 that actually attracts God. I know the difference between pride and confidence. So we are called to be confident, but it's a confidence based in him. I take responsibility when I make mistakes. 
I can say, uh, I was, well, sometimes it's hard, no, (laughs) I was wrong, say it. All right, sometimes you just need to practice (laughs) so that when we actually are, we can can get out quickly and, and just fess up to what we did and not go around blaming. It's important for, in humility, we value others. And a humble person, there's this thing that comes with this learning thing. There is something I can learn from you. And you feel it when you're around people who carry this. That they have that thing like, you, you carry something that I need. I understand that temptations come with success. And that the more we have success and things come through that we've got to make sure that we're not letting ourselves being lifted up and into a place where we're alone and isolated and that we have people around our lives speaking into us, walking with us. Another huge thing with humility is gratitude. I don't deserve anything that I have. It's all from him, and I'm incredibly thankful. I'm incredibly thankful for this church family. I'm incredibly thankful for what we have. I'm incredibly thankful for the nation I live in. I mean, I have friends all over the world right now. My, my friend Hugh in Australia, I mean, they've locked those guys down like crazy. They can't even go out. He started cooking meals for people because he was getting so, you know, been locked up in his house for, for so long. And, and I'm so grateful for the place I live and the freedom that I have and the family that I have in God. So, Marcy, why don't you come on up, and um, she's going to help me wrap this up today. But what does it look like for us to take up the towel of servanthood instead of a sword? And what is it, what if we look beyond the stuff and see a fearful, hurting world waiting for us to step out in love and humility? And being there in the midst of that. It's obviously not about agreeing on everything. Is that right? I'm going to let this beautiful, beautiful woman take the microphone. <laughs> well, um, I, I hope to be able to share on this soon too because it's so on my heart um you know you don't know how the morning's gonna go so you just flow with it you know so I have all these notes that I'm not gonna use today (laughs) but uh, they will be useful on another day um I I would just say in wrapping it all up just uh one I would really encourage everyone this tiny little book by Andrew Murray, written a long time ago. I don't know if any of you have ever read Andrew Murray. If you haven't, you really please, you should. <laughs> it's life-changing. And this little book is called Humility, and it really, God really used it in a life-changing way for me, um, even just recently. And so I... I just want to say that one thing that Andrew Murray talks about is how you can't, we can't in our own self-effort produce humility. 
um, focusing on ourselves, focusing on our pride doesn't dismantle pride. Actually, it's in, the, in surrender and trust. And, and that's where I feel like those two words for me, it's like that's where the rubber meets the road in this whole thing. And, and something else Andrew Murray says is like it's natural, like pride comes naturally for us. And we've been given a new nature when we come to Jesus. And so just as natural as pride is to our natural self, humility is to our supernatural self. (laughs) So it's not this thing that like I have to just work hard, work hard, work hard. No, actually it's him because he is humility. The reason that it says God opposes the proud is because that kind of pride is not in God. The life of God is not found in pride. It's, it's, it's not who he is. That's the thing. It's not, oh, like, I just want you to, like, be, you know, this servant. No, it's, it, he wants us to live in the life that he gave us, which is supernatural. It's like that I thought about, like, gravity. Like, if I throw a ball up, it is going to come down, and sometimes we wish that we're not so. <laughs> when we drop something that's breakable and it hits the floor, like whatever we drop, it's going to hit the floor whether we want it to hit the floor or not, right? And we can be like, well, I don't agree with gravity. I don't like gravity. Gravity is not nice to me. All the things, gravity is still gravity, right? <laughs> okay, that's the way this thing is. Like, that, the reason he wants us to understand humility and for humility to become our natural response is because that is where his grace is. And his grace is his supernatural life that he gave us. So, it's worth pursuing. So, um, There's so, so much opportunity right now to respond to pride with pride. (laughs) We see it everywhere, right? It's all over social media. Well, you know, I'm going to respond to your pride with my pride. Well, that, you know, how is that working for us right now? (laughs) How's that working for us in our nation? How's that working for us in the body of Christ right now? Like, it's not working so well. And, and I thank God for the journey that he's had me on for so many years about this. Pride is super, super sneaky. Humility sometimes is costly, but always worth it. And, and I have seen in the craziest of times where, because I feel like a lot of times, our, our prideful response a lot of times is about injustice. Whether it's our own injustice or injustice somewhere else, we don't realize we're responding in pride, but we're like, I'm going to take control of this, and I'm going to bring justice the way I see justice in this. 
And first, we need to surrender to God. And I've just seen it time and time and time again, like in extreme situations, like in Africa, where like they show up with guns. The government shows up all the time, like, we're going to shut you down today. Here's all our guns, you know. And instead of the response being, well, you know, we're going to keep doing this, because, you know, and this is why. And No, the response has been wash their feet. The response has been honor them. The response has been speak value into them. They end up in tears, and the whole thing shifts. What if we do that in our nation? What if that's God's plan? You know, there's a way in God that only God can figure out. Do you understand? Jesus, what Jesus did, I'm going to read it like I heard it, and then we're going to wrap up. Jesus glorified God in the biggest injustice that's ever happened in this realm. Jesus on the cross is the biggest injustice the world has ever known in the natural, right? But he glorified God in that moment, and everything shipped. And, and what I'm saying in that is this, like even Peter, like Peter's like, no, Jesus, that cannot be. How many times do we respond like that? Like, no, like, and what we are seeing might be totally right, but the way of God into that matter is not the way we think. In that moment, yes, Peter was seeing the injustice. I would have seen it the same way, and many, many times I do see it the same way. But God had a different way to deal with that whole realm of injustice, right? So I'm just saying all of that in my shortest way possible, to just say, I, I feel like we need to take this journey together as a body. What does humility look like? And I think if we'll just ask that question continually of God, he will begin to teach us. I know that he did me. Ask him, show me any pride that's going on in my life, because I'm just telling you, sometimes we don't realize it's there. <laughs> it just comes so naturally to us. We don't realize it's there, but God will show us it's there. And my most recent encounter was reading this book, and, and even just the, the pain and the disappointment that I was experiencing because of some things that had happened that were big injustices in my mind. And we do grieve. We have to grieve. Grieving is very necessary. But in our grief, we don't hold on to things. We release them. In our processing, we release them to Jesus. And releasing them doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm just saying it's all okay. And that's kind of our battle. Like, if I don't hold on and control this, then I'm saying it was okay. No, you're not. You're giving it to Jesus, the one who ultimately 
gave everything for that injustice and has a way and has life for you. So in that moment, God said so clearly to me, you can keep your disappointment or you can give it to me and get grace. It's your choice. It's not like I didn't have a valid reason to have the disappointment. I did. And he wasn't saying it wasn't valid. He was saying, you have a choice, though. You can give it to me and receive grace, or you can hold on to it for as long as you want, but there's not grace in it. So it's your choice, you know? So it really was a life-changing moment for me that I'm I have trouble finding enough words, the right words to describe it. But I have had so much grace since that moment. It is, it is totally supernatural. Do I still feel sad about the same things I was disappointed about? Yes, I do. I immediately go in with Jesus, and there's grace there in a way that there wasn't grace there before. So let's stand up and let's wrap it up. Uh, that's just my quick, quick version. Maybe I'll have a longer version later. But I just feel like right now, this morning, to me, the response is, yes, Jesus, I will take this journey with you out of pride and into humility. Because no matter where we are in our walk with Jesus, there are places that he needs to show us where pride has crept in. There are places he needs to show us where we're holding on, trying to control something that actually we need grace for. As long as we're controlling it, the grace isn't flowing. So right now, we just give this moment to you that's literally a moment (laughs) this morning. And we say yes to this journey, Jesus. We say yes to this journey, Holy Spirit. We say yes to the revealing of pride. We say yes to the revealing of places where we need to release control and receive humility. We say yes to humility becoming our natural response in situations. And I thank you that you give us everything we need for that. You give us the power. You give us the strength. You give us the courage. You give us what we need to take this journey. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you that you are inside of us, the humble one, to manifest through us this week. Lord, I want to thank you for a greater capacity in us to step back and to give that control to you and not to react in pride or react in the flesh to the world around us. We welcome you, Jesus, to manifest humility through us. And may convergence be known, may we be known for humility that releases the grace of God in our city and in our nation. Lord, I thank you that there's greater grace, there's greater 
release of your empowering presence for us as we even acknowledge our need that God we need you we don't have this figured out we can't fix it God we need you and Lord your ways are higher and they don't make sense to our natural minds but we just want to say yes to you manifesting humility in us if that's you today just say yes Lord Yes, Lord, greater grace and humility in my life. Lord, I thank you for it. I want to ask our, our ministry teams to come on forward this morning. These guys are here to pray with you. If you're here or online and you've never met Jesus in a personal way, we just want to declare that Jesus wants to enter your life. He wants to change you. He wants to save you. And it comes as you acknowledge that you need him. Jesus, I've sinned and I receive you as Lord. I believe what you did on the cross is real. And I believe that you were resurrected from the dead. And I accept you as Lord of my life. And I just invite you right now, if you're there and you don't know, that you can do that right wherever you are, that you can receive him. And he will come into your life. He will radically change you. You will never be the same again. So, Lord, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for the feet that we're going to wash this week. Whatever it looks like, I believe God's going to show you what washing the feet in your workplace looks like. Father, I thank you for washing the feet in our neighborhoods. I thank you for washing feet in our families. And we bless you and thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name.